On this episode of Tomorrow Stories, Joanna Bacchus. Joanna is an innovation strategist for Vodafone or Mastercard. And on this episode, she'll take a deep dive what big brands have been doing in the metaverse so far and what opportunities lie ahead. I think a lot of brands or businesses have learned from that mistake of not evolving with technology and not evolving with customer behaviors. So right now with everything that's going on with whether we call it metaverse, whether we call it immersive 3D multi-sensory experiences, I see many even very classic brands eager to experiment and play in this new space. Before we start, here's a little shout out to my production partner. This podcast is produced by the music and brand strategists at Raven and Finch. Together, we've created this format. And if you're looking for someone to advise you on your brand sound, check them out. All infos about Raven and Finch can be found in the show notes. Add it up. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of Tomorrow Stories. My name is Lizzie Prem, and you are listening to the Tomorrow Stories Future Podcast. On this podcast, I talk to some of the most exciting future thinkers, and who better to talk about today's topic, business opportunities in the metaverse, than Joanna. Joanna Vacas is an innovation strategist, and uh, she will give us insights into how brands can seize opportunities in the metaverse. She's the founder and managing partner at the strategic design firm Frontiera, operating in Berlin, Salzburg, and Budapest. And Joanna focuses on strategy and innovation for leading companies such as A1 Telecom Group, Mastercard, Gorenje, Vodafone, Alpha Bank, and BDF Nivea. So she and her team have been tracking emerging customer needs and technologies as inspiration for a very long time. And recently I had a conversation with her and she said uh, the metaverse is a huge topic for all these brands. They all want to know how to get into the metaverse and a lot of them are already going into the metaverse, experimenting, trying out things. And for this episode, Joanna is going to take a deep dive into the strategies, products and services brands and businesses can offer in the metaverse. And uh, as you're going to hear, she's also going to present some best in class use cases, which are really interesting because at the moment, there's really no textbook way of entering the metaverse. Every brand seems to be doing something different. Every brand is trying out things. And that's what makes it just so very exciting at the very moment, but also quite confusing. And if you want to stay on top of metaverse news and developments, how do you do that? Joanna also has a tool for this, which she will present to us during the talk. So this episode is really for you if you want to get a broad overview of what's going on in the metaverse and what strategies you could come up with for your brand and what's crucial for a successful project in the metaverse. So let's hear it from the expert herself. Here is Joanna Bacchus in a talk on business opportunities in the metaverse. Here we go. 
Hello, Joanna. Thank you for coming on to my podcast. How are you? So nice to I'm have you. I'm very good. Uh, Lisi, thank you for inviting me. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, we have a very big topic ahead, a topic everyone's talking about right now. It's a big hype, although we've seen lately, we're recording this at the end of May, we've seen a bit of a, a dip in excitement of uh, all these NFT people and the cryptocurrencies dropping. Uh, so there seems to be a bit more realism coming in. But nevertheless, the metaverse is a huge word right now in marketing, a huge hype around it. We saw it at the OMR conference. And uh, you are working as a strategic design firm with many, many years in the business. Can you tell us a little bit about the current shift that you're seeing with uh, brands getting more and more interested in the metaverse? Um, as you mentioned brands, uh, I do come at this from a brand perspective. So I started my career actually in advertising, where I spent a great many years uh, working with clients on brand strategies, media strategies. And um, it, it, it's, it kind of feels to me like that first wave of digitalization mm -hmm. uh, when brands were. So I remember life, life before Facebook actually was available to the public, right? And I worked with some of the biggest brands and I think almost like progressive brands around Europe. And as digitalization, digital experience and uh, customer expectations and customer behaviors were changing, uh, many companies were extremely hesitant to actually adopt any kind of digital channels. Um, as I said, when Facebook was available to the public, getting my clients to actually have a presence and um, do customer engagement via social media was a little bit like pushing up against an ocean. It was like, yeah, it's so new. It's not relevant. I remember people saying things like, oh, I can't wait until this social media hype is over and we can get back to normal. Mm -hmm. So whether it's brand or businesses that kind of felt out that they lost on the, the first wave of digitalization, which is also why we're yeah. seeing huge moves right now in digital transformation. I think a lot of brands or businesses have learned from that mistake of not evolving with technology and not evolving with customer behaviors. Yeah. So right now with everything that's going on with whether we call it metaverse, whether we call it immersive 3D multi-sensory experiences. I see many even very classic brands eager to experiment and play in this new space. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a little bit of a FOMO. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of a lesson in the past. And as I said, uh, most businesses are going through a digital transformation. So they're paying a lot more attention in what's going on in digital space. Mm -hmm. So um, whether it's a hype, whether it's the beginning of something, whether it's something that's going to peak and kind of fall, only time will tell. But I'm really surprised to see how many very traditional brands are actually involved in creating new customer experiences um, in, in a new enabling technology. And I think this time they're doing it right because when brands first kind of cut on uh, to digital channels and digital experiences, they really thought about advertising in digital. So it was all about, oh yeah, we're going digital now, let's do some banners. But now I see brands 
actually working with the platforms to create not advertising, but engagement, communities, new ways to kind of interact with the brand. So it's kind of native in that they're um, really thinking about what is the platform and how can we actually leverage the platform in that community for more than advertising. Mm -hmm. so, so what are some of these uh, best metaverse projects that you have seen so far when you're speaking also of traditional brands? What, what has been something that has uh, really caught your eye lately? Well, I think... You know, a traditional brand for me would be something like Disney. Um, and they, they're starting to patent, for instance, metaverse technologies for their theme parks. So something like a Disney theme park is uniquely designed to have a completely different, like, immersive experience. We're seeing McDonald's. We're seeing Coca-Cola. Um, I know you're from Salzburg. One of our clients is actually all of the museums in Salzburg mm -hmm. that want to create more digital experiences. Um, and now they want to have workshops about what are the possibilities in, in 3D metaverse, more immersive kind of experiences, which actually are quite nicely suited to art. But I can't think yeah. of anybody more conservative than a Salzburg museum. <laughs> that's true that's also when it comes to transporting when you're in Salzburg uh, people think you don't see much but actually like you're saying like you're working on these projects there's quite a few interesting things going on and I'm glad to see that there's also uh, uh, traditional museums in Salzburg adopting the metaverse so that's uh, very interesting but like I said I think that uh, there's a lot of traditional brands um, playing around in the metaverse. The obvious best examples, you know, a lot of it is still around gaming. Yeah. Right. So whether it's like Sandbox or Roblox is doing, brands are doing incredible things in Roblox. And again, they're kind of adopting the the popularity of the platform in that it's gamification or actually gaming. So mm -hmm. I think like one brand that is doing really, really great things in Roblox is Vans. Vans is an iconic brand. They've, they've, they've created games around skateboarding. So it's all these little Lego-like characters that you can, you know, build your own avatar and play games with skateboarding. Of course, you can buy merchandise. Um, and it's hugely popular, and they've really entered the platform in a fun, engaging way. So they have like 60 million um visits i think they have like 93% like approval they're mixing it up as an ecosystem so you can play skateboarding games while listening to music events so it's a really engaging interesting experience um and if you think about going back to advertising so a lot of people talk about the metaverse as a place to monetize so one of mm -hmm. the use cases it's like let's create a marketplace sell nfts you know sell any kind of like digital merchandising um, but even if you don't monetize it as a brand it's still i think money better spent than on classic advertising so you used yeah. to have these huge media budgets to create very passive and sometimes obtrusive communication showcasing your brand. 
But now you can maybe take that money and a little bit more money and create really immersive and engaging experiences and let customers not only like see your brand, but actually play with your brand, um, connect with your brand. So even if you don't monetize it, I think it's money well spent to create a better communication platform and a better communication approach mm-hmm. um, with your customer base. Um I, I, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. Going on. I'm not sure if you've seen um, Snoop Dogg's mansion. I haven't on, seen it, on, on, on I've, Sandbox. I've heard he bought land, but I haven't seen the mansion. <laughs> yeah, so he's got the mansion, and he's just he's letting people into his own space. So he's just very good about branding, anyway. Whether it's being you know a little bit provocative with his music and smoking pot and cooking with Martha Stewart, he's created this entire universe around you know in the sandbox, which is Snoop Dogg's mansion. And Mm -hmm. it's where people can interact with other people. He hosts parties. Um, Yeah, you can actually get insights into his life and see his home and how he lives. So it's really kind of getting into his life and having fun with it. And I think what he's doing really well is creating a sense of community because he hosts parties, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, you you can go to a party, you know, as your avatar with your friends' avatars and dance and have fun. So it's a very kind of like fun experience. I think like what Spotify is also doing on Roblox is really good. So they only entered in May and they already have like 3 million visits. Um, It's interesting to take this sound brand and create, again, kind of like a visual and and interactive experience with it. Um, It's also done on a a gaming layer Mm -hmm. where your avatars can kind of like run around Spotify Island, discover little Easter eggs, create their own music. Um, But they're also trying to sell merchandising of their artists. You know, Spotify is a little bit notorious for not compensating artists very well on their platform. So here they're actually trying to bring value also to the artists where Mm -hmm. the artists can actually, you know, um, promote their merchandising. Mm-hmm. They don't have concerts yet with, you know, famous artists. I think that has mm-hmm. to do uh, with a lot of different things. But I think that's a really interesting experience because then you're combining the visual um, and with the audio. And um, this is not exactly metaverse, but what I really liked is what um, Gary Vinercheck is doing with VFriends. So this is more on an NFT level, but I think one of the key success factors is creating offline benefits with whatever you're doing in a new enabling technology, uh, a new version of digital space. So uh, he's created NFTs, which are limited time only. And I think that's really interesting. So you buy something for three years. Mm -hmm. It's an NFT in the sense that it is non-fungible. You can trade it. You can actually make money off it. So it could be a store of value as well. Um, but when you actually buy those, you get access to his conferences for three mm-hmm. for three years. Um, you can buy more expensive kind of little NFTs, which give you three dinners with Gary so that you can <laughs> bounce your ideas around, your new business ideas. Um, you can... You can buy an NFT that allows you to kind of like play an online game with Gary. So what he's doing with that is, you know, he's a highly sought out branding expert. And what he's doing is 
if you buy into him, he gives you the value of his experience uh, very often face to face with things like internships, like I said, dinners and stuff like that. So anything that gives kind of like real life value out of the digital experience, I think is very, very positive. Um, I collected a couple of things that kind of stood out for me. This is not a brand, but it could be, you know, cities are being branded, countries are being branded. I've just learned that uh, Barbados is opening up an embassy on Decentraland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> so I think I think that's really, really, uh, I think it's a fun experiment. It could work, mm-hmm. it could fail. And I think that's the the big thing with actually playing with the space, especially when it's so fresh is that you have to have the willingness to experiment, fail, try again, see what works, and uh, be in a continuous state of iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also I, I follow the things um, that you're interested in and your podcasts um, and what you're posting on LinkedIn. And I think you showcase very much about how what interesting things fashion brands are doing yeah. actually mm-hmm. in this space. Um, which for me is very traditional because they were very like music fashion was very late mm-hmm. in coming to the digital landscape. And now it seems like they're like full on just playing around with everything, whether it's accepting cryptocurrencies, whether it's playing in the metaverse. So like, you know, I see what Gucci is doing and I see what a couple of brands are doing. So it's really good to see the experimentation that they're willing to undergo to attract new audiences, engage with new audiences. So, yeah, there are a couple of, and the interesting thing about this is that I could have 500 examples and I could write a 500 page report on what brands are doing in the metaverse, but I would have to update it almost on a daily basis Mm -hmm. because every Mm -hmm. day there's something new. There's a new case study. There's a new example. There's Mm -hmm. a new success case. So, yeah, I think it's, it's you know, whenever you have a new enabling technology that customers are engaging with, go there. You have to be there. You have to engage with people, build communities. Um, I, I think it's really important, however, to stay on brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that would be uh, if you're saying you're advising brands to do something, to experiment, uh, it is a bit risky. And I'm sure brands would say or businesses would say, oh, I don't dare to. But if you're saying stay on brand, is that your biggest advice? Is that your crucial uh, ingredient to be successful in the metaverse? Yeah, when I say stay on brand, I don't think that, let's say, your brand strategy or your brand positioning needs to be a straitjacket, but it should be a bit of a navigation system. Mm -hmm. So Lego... Lego is doing interesting stuff as always. They're actually developing um, 3D learning experiences for classrooms, which is very much on Lego brand. It's about learning. It's about development. It's about creativity. Um, I just read something that Gucci is doing with athletes. With esports? Did you see that gaming? Yes. Yeah, they're, yes, they're investing in a, sorry, they, they sorry. set up a gaming uh, academy. I'm not sure if that really fits Gucci, for instance. Mm -hmm. I know they're probably trying to reach a wider audience, maybe a younger audience, a more digital audience. But if I was advising them, I would rethink it a little bit 
and and think about what is the Gucci heritage, what is the Gucci equity, um, what is the Gucci credibility, mm-hmm. to then you know, then decide what types of platforms, ideas um, you want to actually launch in a new digital space. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean about being a little bit on brand. So like just to my reference, like, you know, what, what Vans is doing is, is kind of like an online version of what, or metaverse version of what they've been doing offline Mm -hmm. with, you know, with having like really unusual spaces um, and contests and games. And then it just fits really well into a new platform. Yeah. And so, as I said, I think the whole branding thing should be a navigation system for creating new ideas. Mm-hmm. Or like when I was talking about, you know, Gary V, he's always been about um, education, coaching. So he's baked that into what he's doing actually with Web3 mm-hmm. and NFT specifically. So it fits. It makes sense. To sum up from your answers, I heard very much uh, so that gaming is a very specific application of the metaverse that we're talking about, but also community and connection. And at the the same time, also uh, talking to each other, communicating, meeting each other in the metaverse. So I think uh, these are the biggest pillars, I guess, in the metaverse as it is now. But where do you see the metaverse going in the next five years or 10 years even? Oh my God, I have no idea. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. Um, it's in the early stages. So if you think about the first dot-com boom, it would have been very difficult to predict how that was going to pan out and then what the future of it was going to be. If I had to make predictions for the next couple of years, I think what we're going to see is a wider range of use cases. Mm-hmm. So there's already a lot of discussion about using, let's say, metaverse for education, health, well-being. Um, it, there's several studies that have shown that actually gaming, whether you're doing it in 2D or 3D, um, is a very powerful way of learning because it's not passive learning. You're not mm-hmm. simply listening and memorizing. You're actually, you're in the process of solving a problem, getting to the next level. You're learning from your, your mistakes. You're anticipating the future. So it's something that I think could be used. I think one use case would be for adult education, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if you know them, but uh, one of our partners is the Good School in Hamburg. Yes, yes, I've I've seen their right. Books so their so they're yeah. they're already mm-hmm. playing around with you know how can we create educational platforms that have this kind of like metaverse component to it. Mm-hmm. So you know, on a very simple level, rather than reading physics books, imagine talking to Albert Einstein. <laughs> My son would love that. <laughs> he would definitely yeah. love that. And I actually saw uh, Elon Musk with his school, the Synthesis School. I don't know if you uh, have read about this. It's also yeah. a lot about gaming. Uh, it's 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 really a different way of learning, and there's a lot happening in this area right now. Would be worth another podcast episode for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a very interesting thing, or what Lego is doing to actually bring that to the classrooms. 
right? Mm-hmm. So not just kids with their Oculus glasses, you know, sitting on the couch, but actually in the classrooms as part of a curriculum format mm-hmm. for helping uh, kids learn. Um, Australia is known for wildfires. Yeah. So the U- University of Australia has actually created kind of like a metaverse learning platform um, that helps children learn what to do in times of a crisis. Mm -hmm. So I think things like that are really interesting. There's already a lot of experience um, or experiments happening in the area of health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So, you know, working out in a certain way that's more immersive, you know, the 3D Peloton, I don't know what that would be. Um, um, it, yeah, I think like education, health, but fun and playing will always be a part of it because that's a big part of our lives mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And personally, how are you involved in the metaverse? I've heard that you are... <laughs> also in the nft space and and have invested yeah i play i play around with cryptos and nfts because i think it's interesting mm-hmm. um you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you know everything is taking a bit of a dip um but that's not only this space that's in general mm-hmm. you know just markets are <laughs> markets are crashing inflation is up everything is a little bit up in the air but nevertheless, including cryptos and NFTs. Um, but I, I am playing around with cryptos. Mm-hmm. It's something. It's a space that I'm interested in. So, as my partner Stefan said, hey, if you want to learn about something, you can't just follow it passively. You know, you got to have skin in the game and get involved in it. Mm-hmm. So I've got my wallets and bought the first NFT. Uh, um, this is actually another, I think, great case study with Artifact and Nike. You know, Nike bought yeah, Artifact, the studio that was designing. Best in class project, in my opinion. Mm. And that, that experience was just really interesting. And it built on so many good things. Um, it built on a gamification layer. So their mm-hmm. gamification has like 23 principles, and I'm not going to go through them. So gamification, not gaming. One was like this idea of gambling and surprise. So the initial NFT was just a box. You didn't know what was in the box. So that was pure speculation, but it was also, you know, a bit of gambling. So it was 3D Las Vegas. Um, Another part of it was like they were very, very good in getting the community involved. So they built another gamification layer on top of it where the community together had to solve various uh, tasks and quests for a period of time in an effort to unlock the box to see what was inside. Mm-hmm. So this entire community on Twitter and on Discord build up around this. And every time um, Artifact threw out like a new clue yeah. of a problem that had to be solved, people banded together to solve it. They shared ideas because if one person solved it, they solved it for the entire community and the entire community would benefit. And then you had the unboxing. So it was also like, you know, the gamification layer of set the day. You had to solve the problem by a certain period of time and then they would throw out another one. It built a really great sense of community. It built a lot of hype. And from a marketing point of view, when you do that, the more people are talking about it, the more kind of engagement you create around it, the more you utilize your community to spread the word, it actually increases the value of that NFT as well. Mm-hmm. 
because you know and the brand, get more and the brand yeah. at the end of the day more exposure mm-hmm. more interest and then you know it's a it's a it's an it's an nft it's a digital experience but i remember sitting down with my partner when we decided to like open the box and we opened up a bottle of champagne, got on the website, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, go to your MetaMask wallet, open it up. And oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, like, it, it was a little bit me. like Christmas. Yeah. You totally underestimate the entertainment value of it all. And, and in a sense, what people criticize about it, the whole casino for creative kind of thing is 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 surprisingly entertaining and i can i can really say that from my experience too it's uh but fun. Like in, yeah it's fun like you were saying it's fun um but where it's going to go in the future i think like all things there's going to be a time like the gold rush you know it's like mm-hmm. there's going to be a time where the dust settles um and then you're going to see kind of like who the real winners are there i'm going to mm-hmm. i think we're going to see different use cases what I call boring use cases, right? So not just playing and entertainment, but education, working out, health, all types of things like that. Um, But I think it does have the potential to some extent replace the current state of social media. Mm Yeah. Because right now we're engaging Mm -hmm. with our friends in a two-dimensional thing. We're reading about them. Whereas whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, it's like, well, you know, what if then you got to actually interact with all of your friends in a 3D space? Which the kids are already doing. Which the kids are already doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My my thing is only when you engage in these worlds, you also need the technology for it to work really well. And I just doubt that walking around with your cursor on you know, in 2D worlds on your laptop is going to really give you the experience in the metaverse uh, in the long run. But I also think people of a certain age of a certain generation will be you don't, not really uh, wanting to buy a PlayStation or buy, you know, an Xbox or any of these other gaming tools. So I think there's really also the technology in a way uh, transforming right now to really make this something we all integrate in our mainstream daily life this is yeah something that still has to find its path but like you said it's all very very early there's a lot of information out there so many use cases that you presented to us today thank you so much uh but how can how can someone really stay on top of this all you know i try to pose people have newsletters have all these things um but you uh have such a uh good analytical view on it all do you have any tools where we can see what you think about the metaverse what you think are use cases that we should have a look at um like everything else it's it's about it's about subscribing to good like newsletters and bulletins so mm-hmm. that you kind of like stay in the game mm-hmm. um i try to i try to do that for 30 minutes like in the morning, just kind mm-hmm. of go through certain newsletters to see what's new and what's interesting. Uh, it's just a soft skill of curiosity, mm-hmm. of just generally being curious um, about new things and seeing how they're being applied in um, the real world. Um, I'm working on a newsletter 
pardon my French, it's called New Shit as a Service, um, <laughs> which, which basically it's a weekly thing of just like cool new things that happen around this space in the last week. Um, like I said, that needs to be updated almost on an hourly basis when you see kind of like yeah, what's going on. I'm still trying to figure out a platform. Um, and actually, as a company, we do have um, a, tr a digital tr or a trends platform. Mm -hmm. that we feed every day. It's called SignMesh, uh, where we're posting. It's we're, we're actually researching almost on an hourly basis mm -hmm. um, on what's, you know, how markets are developing, how customers and customer expectations are developing, and how new enabling technologies are developing. So within my group, that is actually just baked in and integrated into our daily activities is just digging out what's new and what's interesting and capturing it in, um, in a nice platform that is searchable, that can be referenced, that you can create reports out of. So it's a daily activity within my company that like, you know, oh, every three months, let's look for something interesting. It's a daily activity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very valuable tip to all the listeners out there. If you're looking for new business opportunities in the metaverse, at the moment, it's really about following this space, learning about this space and being in there for a few minutes, like you said, maybe only three minutes daily, or maybe, you know, just read a different section of your newspaper where they talk about the metaverse, just try to be open and, and you don't have to adopt things right away, I guess, but um, you can just put yourself in a place where you know, all the uh, expressions, you know, what the metaverse is, what Web3 is, what NFTs is, and you can really follow the conversation. Do you agree? Or do you think it's time to act now? Is it something that we all have to put on the agenda in the very first place and come up with a metaverse project tomorrow? Um, I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see, you know, now that it's kind of fresh and interesting, if you think about what, how, for instance, how Facebook was in the very beginning, right? Yeah. So still new. And as I said, a lot of my clients were hesitant to try a new kind of like medium. Um, but it was a very different experience than it is now. It was more intimate. In a way, it was a lot more fun. There were more opportunities for brands to do cool and interesting things. Now it is like so cluttered. Yeah. And the user experience has changed so much. And the content on the platform has changed so much that it's um, it's hard to kind of like stand out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so I think it's really a first mover advantage right now. That a bit of a yeah. set aside, like you know, when I work with my clients on innovation projects as well, we we kind of follow the um, the Coke rule, the seventy twenty rule. Mm -hmm. Put seventy percent of your budgets into things that you know work. Put 20% of 70% of your budget and you know what's working, 20% of your budget in what's emerging, and save 10% just for experimentation. So Excellent. for any brands and businesses, mm -hmm. just take that 10% that you would spend on, I don't know, a couple of TV ads or something like that and try something different yeah. and see if it sticks. Yeah. So experiment and get into it because your customers are. Yeah. Like you said, don't only do the talk, but also walk the walk.
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for this extremely insightful talk. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot to unpack here and a lot of uh, examples to look at what can be done. And uh, I really enjoyed having you here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. So we've already reached the end of this episode. Thank you for staying on all the way through. I'm really excited to have you here. And if you liked what you're hearing, please subscribe to this podcast, Tomorrow Stories, here on Spotify or on Apple Podcast. And if you like, you can always get in touch with us via our website, tomorrowstories.com, or via our Instagram account, Tomorrow Stories. Until next time, take care.